0: The All-electric Kia EV6 with up to 528 kilometres of range. And Toolmark, the complete tool centre, serving WA for over 40 years. This is Sports Day. Don't
1: change
0: me. Yeah, hi everyone. Welcome to Sports Day WA. Peter Vlahos with you. You can join us anytime in the Tempera bedshed Shed Text Machine 0487. you may have just hopped into your car, you may be just heading home after a hard day's work, wherever uh, it is around this uh, great state of ours, and you're just wondering how the AFL trade period ended just a short time ago. Jimmy Williams is going to join us in just a moment for the good oil for Cobram Estate, premium Australian extra virgin olive oil. But two very high-profile managers spoke today on AFL Trade Radio, And one was Jason Dover, who I've got a very high regard for in relation to the way he conducts his affairs. And I know a lot of the players do respect him. He was involved with Lockie Schultz. And he mentioned, actually, on AFL Trade Radio today that Frio were aware of Schultz wanting out around 12 months ago.
1: Yeah, look, there was personal and family reasons behind it. I won't go into the exact details because I don't think that's appropriate. But... um... The club had been aware of it for uh, for at least 12 months, that there were some underlying issues there. And and I think in the end, just getting back at the end of the season, having some time back there with his family and his girlfriend, I think the ties back home just grew even stronger and they realised that if they could make it happen now, it was probably the right time to try to do it rather than wait for 12 months' time. And that's when we went to Fremantle and had the conversation with them and said, look, is, is there something we can do now? If there is and we can deliver you better value than you'd get in 12 months' time as a free agent with Lockie, is it something you'd look at and consider doing with us?
0: So that was Jason Dover talking about Lockie Schultz. Another deal that was done uh, during the course of the 10 days of the AFL trade period was the fact that uh, Liam Henry from Fremantle ended up at St Kilda, and his manager was Colin Young. It was pretty... Actually, it was really good this year because... Obviously uh, Liam was out of contract and we'd had conversations, I'd had conversations with David from Fremantle since March to discuss where he was at all the time. And I know that um, the club was speaking to him monthly about where he was mentally, you know, playing with the club, you know, each week, each month, and then what would look like at the end of the year. And even, I think, um, David and I would have spoke about two weeks before the season finished thinking that if Liam hadn't made his mind up, we might have to do a one-year deal to stay because he was still 50-50 on staying or going. So when David and, and Steve got together, was, um, apparently the first few meetings were quite good and quite amicable. So we thought they'll get, we'll get done. So there you go. That's Colin Young talking about Liam Henry and Jason Dover talking about Lockie Shorts, a couple of the big names to vacate uh, from this side of the country. Schultz going to Collingwood and Henry going to St Kilda. To give us a full rundown on how it all fell today and there was a bit of movement, Hawthorne were very busy. Jimmy Williams, the executive producer of Sports Day WA for Continental Tyres, who sponsored AFL Trade Radio, has the last and final update on uh, the trade period today. Jimmy.
1: Been so many moves, Pete. I'll start with the first one and go through them all for the audience. Uh, Ivan Soldo has gone from Richmond to Port Adelaide. Uh, The deal that was spoken about for much of yesterday, Jack Ginevan, is now officially a Hawthorne player. He goes there. Uh, A big change of picks involved in that one. The other player to move clubs today was Jordan Sweet going from the Western Bulldogs to the power. Finally, after a lot of toing and froing, port and Geelong were able to get a deal done over a Radigalia. So the big Fijian is now a Port Adelaide player. Uh, Carlton have added Elijah Holland. So they've already got Ollie Hollands. So they now mm-hmm. have his brother, Elijah in a deal with the gold coast. Uh, the Tigers got their hands on Jacob Kizhicki. Uh, so he's gone from Hawthorne to Richmond. St. Kilda, uh, have given away Jack Billings to Melbourne in exchange for a future third rounder. Now those that weren't listening to Sports Day or those that just love the, the draft history, Jack Billings was formally taken in front of Marcus Bond and Pelly all those years ago. So <laughs> uh, a, a bad result for St Kilda in the long term there. Jack Gunston is now back at Hawthorne after a short stint. Second coming. At the Brisbane Lions footy club. Mabea Choll has landed at Hawthorne. They had six deals today, if you can believe that. So Gold Coast and Hawthorne getting that deal done for Choll and a very late one, which got done right before deadline, uh, Xavier Dursma officially an Essendon bomber, Brandon Zerk Thatcher involved with a couple of pick swaps in there. He is heading to Port Adelaide. So they've got the Sabra Adagalia, uh, Brandon Zerk Thatcher, a couple of, uh, defenders down there next year. Uh, And this one was an interesting one because there was some confusion over what Essendon had to do with Massimo D'Ambrosio. He's now a Hawthorne player. So Essendon have executed that trade. They were under the impression uh, that Hawthorne had to actually execute the trade. The Hawks thought that he could go to the club as a delisted free agent. So there was some clarity sought by Essendon and Adrian Dodoro. And Mass D'Ambrosio is now a Hawthorne player. So plenty of players moving on the final day of the AFL trade period, Pete.
0: Good you, Jimmy. Thanks for bringing us up today. There you go for Cobram Estate. Uh, The major story today, Australia's most awarded extra virgin olive oil, grown, harvested, and first cold-pressed in northern Victoria. Now, there was a huge upset in the World Cup uh, cricket competition last night as it's played in India. Have a listen to this. The Netherlands defeating South Africa. Two balls a week. Or maybe one ball away, Netherlands. His gloved it, and the catch has been taken. That's a win for Netherlands. We just witnessed one of the major upsets in fifty hours cricket and World Cup 2. Well, there you go. Now we're going to speak to Ryan Campbell shortly. Uh, Campbell uh, took over as the head coach of the Dutch national team in January of 2017 and was there until December 2022. And he's worked diligently to make the Netherlands uh, a very respected uh, football, or should say football, uh, cricket nation. The Last night, the previously unbeaten South African team succumbed to the Dutch for a second time in less than 12 months. The Netherlands claimed another momentous uh, upset over the pro at this World Cup. If you recall, last November, the Netherlands' shock win in Adelaide dumped South Africa out of the T20 World Cup. And, of course, last night, they crashed to a 38-run defeat in the 50-over equivalent. So we're going to speak to Ryan Campbell very shortly. Even though now he is the head coach of Durham, he got a three-year contract at the end. It'll take him to the end of the 2025 season. Uh, He's currently now coaching in the UK, But it had uh, a huge attachment to the Netherlands. And we'll speak to Ryan Campbell about uh, that victory last night uh, in a little while. As well as that, there was a bit more history being made in cricket today. And we're going to focus on that as well because we're going to speak to Claire Polisak. You're saying, who's Claire? Well, let me tell you about Claire. History will be made next month at the WACA ground when WA take on South Australia in a Sheffield Shield match. And Claire Polisak, together with Elise Sheridan, will become the first women to umpire Sheffield Shield matches in a move that will continue to break down barriers. Now, Polisak is no stranger to the big stage. She's umpired in women's internationals, BBL, WBBL and the domestic 50 over matches, but uh, she will make history on November 15 when she partners Sam Nojewski, uh for the match between WA and South uh, Australia at the WACA. She did become the first woman to umpire men's domestic match in Australia back in 2017 and was the first woman to stand in a men's ODI two years later. So we'll speak to Claire. She is in Sydney, is from New South Wales. We'll have a chat to her about what this means. Flying over here and taking part in a Sheffield Shield match. Right here at the Wacker between WA and South Australia. She'll be coming up on the program as well. And as we do every month, we check in with what's happening at all the venues, West Stadiums. And there's plenty of activity, let me tell you, here at Optus Stadium, HBF Park. Uh, where else uh, are we going to focus on? We've got the RAC Arena, the State Football Centre. HBF Stadium, the WA Athletic Stadium. It is a full board of activity and the Chief Operating Officer of Venues West in Peter Bokop is going to join us a bit later on. As I mentioned, uh, we speak to him once a month just to bring you up to speed about the activity that's coming your way and how ticket sales and all the other information that's required. So we'll take a break. On the other side of the break, uh, it's either going to be Ryan Campbell we'll have a chat to, Uh, we're just trying to track him down over there in the UK, or we'll speak to the lady that I've just spoken to you about, uh, Claire Polisak, who will make history here at the Wacker on November 15. We're here for the Kia EV6 GT, the World Performance Car of the Year, and Toolmart, the Complete Tool Centre, serving WA for over 45 years. This is Sports Day WA.